This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Just so you know, the next couple of minutes of conversation are going to involve pretty frank conversation of opioid addiction. You may find that triggering. I just wanted to put a content warning on that at the top. There are a lot of connections you can make with the housing crisis in this country. For example, a few weeks ago, journalist Arno Kopecki drew the intersection between Canada's housing crisis and environmental issues. But now a recent article featured in Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio is taking a different approach. It explores the opioid crisis and its roots in the housing crisis. Don Dickinson is the content curator of Voices of the Walrus and has more to say on this story. Hey, good morning, Don. Hey there, Dave. How are you? Don, I'm well. Uh, This first topic is a heavy one, but it's a really important one. The first article is titled, Sometimes They Don't Wake Up by Kevin Patterson. It dives into the sensitive material related to the opioid addiction crisis in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Don, what is the state of the opioid addiction crisis in Nanaimo? Well, first, let me just say that uh, Kevin Patterson is definitely um, experiencing this on a very personal and firsthand basis because uh, he practices uh, general internal and critical care medicine in the area. And he says that even as unemployment has fallen and the mean income actually has risen in the center of the city, there is a more visible and abject agony uh, seen when unemployment was four times uh, when unemployment was four times as high. Uh, he says that the poverty in the area um, is really defining uh, now, just as the downtown east side in Vancouver has been defined. Brightly colored dome tents are appearing in vacant lots and um, and as long as they are permitted they're also allowing them in parks as well but for nearly a year 300 people were part of that what was known as discontent city uh, which, which was a tent city by down by the ferry terminal and that was eventually dismantled but uh, the number of, of uh, unhoused is growing and that of course is affecting the the addiction uh, uh, crisis so go a bit deeper into the intersection between the opioid crisis and the housing crisis. Well, you know, uh, when you really think about it, I guess it's pretty obvious. The number of unhoused in Nanaimo has grown uh, tremendously. By 2020, a 29% increase from two years before. Since then, with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, much more and increasing rapidly. Officially, there are um, officially... And that's the key word, Dave. There are 650 unhoused people in a city of just over 100,000. But the pre- precise number is is terribly hard to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, because basically there's a lot of people hiding in bushes. Uh, there's a lot of people, um, uh, you know, uh, just basically embarrassed about uh, going into, uh, you know, shelter situations. And they're the people that are avoiding detection. You know, they, they include seniors. And these are just not, you know, single people who are addicted to drugs, their families, their youth, their single women. It's a pretty dire situation. 
There's quite a bit of statistical analysis in the article, Don. Uh, you've cited a few of them here. What did you find particularly jarring? Well, you know, Dave, I don't know uh, BC like you know BC. I mean, I'm I'm really kind of like an Ontario girl, but um, what really threw me was um, that the, the, the things that the public is not seeing. You know, um, the, you know, the article quotes that there were more than thirty-three thousand overdose calls in British Columbia last year. I, I just I couldn't believe that number. It was amazing to me. You know, yeah. uh, there were one thousand four hundred and fifty-five overdose deaths in the first seven months of 2023 um, and on pace to exceed uh, the last year's uh, numbers. And among children aged 10 to 18, overdose from opioids and other illicit drugs is the leading cause of death in the province. Don, it's not just the BC issue either. It very much is a national crisis when you think about opioid addiction and you think about um, a lot of a lot of the housing crisis that goes along with it. I was in Kitchener, Ontario, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there were two tent cities around the train station in Kitchener, Ontario. I was in Ottawa for a wedding earlier this summer and uh, witnessed um, a body on the street of someone who had overdosed uh, two blocks from Parliament. Like, like we're not talking oh. about we're not we're not talking about something that that's away from public view. It was on Rideau Street, two blocks from Parliament. Oh. It's, it's really, it's really um, jarring stuff. And I was speaking to some people at the scene that morning, and they were saying, "Yeah, this happens every day. Like, they're like, we have to call the cops out, out, out to basically this corner almost every day, or an ambulance, or or, or uh, frontline services every day. So this is a national story. Twenty people die every day last year." Uh, across Canada, every day. I mean, it, it, it's it's something that needs to have a real sincere conversation, and a lot of politicians have it in a very political kind of way. They don't really grapple with the issues of safe supply, safe injection. They don't deal with the underlying causes of the housing crisis and poverty associated with it. It's it's a really it, it, it's 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 certainly framed in British Columbia. British Columbia can point to a couple of very jarring examples, whether it be Nanaimo, whether it be Victoria whether it be Vancouver, but there are cities all across the country who are grappling with how to deal with this. And at this point, whether it be public health or politicians or whomever, they're, they're not even sure where to start scraping away. But I think the identification of the intersection with the housing crisis is probably a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, I agree there, Dave, you know, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's an obvious connection, right? If people don't have places to live, they're on the streets. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. it's a it's a it's a dire situation across the country. I guess I guess BC gets hit a lot because of the weather, right? That's right. I mean, you know, they're out and about, right? So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. and the, there was also there was there was a lot of thought for years that other provinces would send people on buses or trains to to go to British Columbia uh, because oh. because there was a culture a little bit more of acceptance. But but it's it, yeah, it, 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 it's a crisis through and through. Don, I just want to mention this on the way out of here. I'm just going to turn to camera one while I do this, because I do want to mention that if you or someone you know is in need of mental health or substance use support, you can visit wellness together That's wellness together or you can seek phone counseling by calling 1-866-585-0445. That's 1-866-585-0445. And that hotline is available 24-7. And in case of emergency, you can call 911. 911. 
in case of a, a dire emergency. Okay, Don, let's take a quick breath and then lighten the mood because, I mean, that, that's such an important issue and it has to be talked about, but I think it's also fair for us to maybe try to smile a little bit on the way out of here. The next article you wanted to highlight in this episode of Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio is called When It Comes to Kids, Many Adults Need to Grow Up by Michelle Saika. Apparently, uh, full-grown adults are having tantrums over infants and toddlers who dare to make noise. Uh, There's an old saying, there's a time and place for children, and children should be seen and not heard. But, uh, Don, do these still apply? Oh, Dave, boy, there's a lot of there's a lot of comments (laughs) on this kind of thing. You know, Uh, I got to read you a little bit in the article. It says, uh, what is the time and place for children? Often the pro and anti child camps are split along the question of whether or not children are fundamentally annoying. Many people, (laughs) many people are quick to argue that the sound of children is beautiful and life affirming. And I guess basically you know, if you have kids, you know, or if you've had kids in the past, you know that there are times when no matter what, those kids are going to be screaming their lungs out, right? And uh, usually when they're very, very young and they haven't learned any better, right? Yeah. But to be honest, Dave, I'm in the other camp. Um, I, I really think that parents, particularly in public. I've had two experiences just recently in restaurants. I don't think parents are really teaching children about the difference between the voice that one uses in the home and the voice that one uses in public. Uh, (laughs) Because, you know, when I was a kid way back in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, ancient times, My mother need only look at us. I mean, you you wouldn't even have to be told because let's face it, you know, we're British, right? So, you know, she would look at us and and we would know that we were being loud, you know. But like I say, the last, yeah, the two times that we've been uh, in restaurants, we've, we've had to move our table because the children beside us have just been absolutely annoying. And I'm not just talking mildly annoying. Yeah. I'm talking really annoying. I'm I'm in the uh, time and a place camp. I I, I really because I because I do try to empathize. So many of my friends have kids now and still want to go and have those moments and those adventures and do things out in public. And and I get it. And and kids can be noisy. And to a certain degree, I try not to let it bother me. But I. Do, I, I became very cognizant of this when I lived in Ottawa. In Ottawa, it's very culturally accepted to bring your kids to the bar in a way that was not quite the case in downtown Montreal. Maybe the West Island, maybe the suburbs, maybe that's a little bit different, but in Ottawa, it did not matter. You could be on Bank Street uh, late at night and there'd be kids at the bar and parents would be like, hey, can you keep it down over there with the cursing? My kids are here. I'm like, your kid is not 19. Your kid should be carted and thrown out of here i'm being a little <laughs> facetious and sarcastic but i do think there are certain places that are for adults i don't know the restaurants that you were at but i went to a really nice restaurant earlier this week in downtown toronto and i would have been pretty cranky if there would have been toddlers there or kids running around there because it was a nice meal and my visa bill uh, definitely reflected that uh yesterday but i think if you go to like an east side mario's with all due respect and love to east side mario's that's a family restaurant. At a certain point, like, you've got to have the stiff upper lip and say, I went to a family-friendly place. I have to accept there's going to be family-friendly noise. 
Yeah. Okay. Family friendly. Okay. But this is all a matter of definition though, Dave, right? Family friendly. This, these restaurants were in the, uh, in the area. One was Taylor's about two minutes away from our office. Yeah. That's a bar. Know. That's a bar. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, they were just, I mean, to, 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 to have to ask to change tables, you know, and now what I do, and I'm going to sound like such a grouch, but now what I do when I actually walk in the restaurant, I say, uh, yeah, table for four and don't put us near kids, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and the waitresses look at me with a very knowing look, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like the, I'm the only one walking in the place, you know, <laughs> and, uh, as I say, you know, we've had lots of kids in our family and whatnot, but our, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying we're per- our kids were perfect, but I'm just saying that, you know, they were taught that there is a difference between, uh, it, you know, the the level of of noise at home and yeah. when you're out in a public place. <laughs> and I think I, I I really I hope that parents are listening because I really think parents need an education on this. You know, uh, like you say, you know, we're we're paying a really good dime these days in restaurants for for a meal. And uh, you want to enjoy the meal. <laughs> I, Don, I get what you're saying. I, I will say uh, society and culture is also maybe acknowledged. I'm not going to call it a problem, but I'm going to call it an issue. Whereas now you have the uh, family-friendly and child-friendly movie screenings, the Stars and Strollers thing. Like, there are there are things that are being done to yeah. sort of, like, bridge this gap, which I think is fine. And also, if someone went to a Stars and Strollers screening and was like, there's too many kids here, I'd be like, <laughs> get out of here. Like, calm down over there. Anyway, Don, thank you for bringing bringing these articles to the table. It's appreciated. Have a lovely weekend. You too, Dave. Bye-bye. That's Don Dickinson, content curator for Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio. You can find that show daily at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're listening to the audio stream at amiplus.ca right now, as soon as this show wraps up, boom, Voices of the Walrus right there for you. Coming up next... Comedian Ryan Niemiller has a new comedy special called Unarmed and Dangerous. Nick Thielen will offer up a review. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.